All right. So, hi, everyone. Good morning. <laughs> we had an amazing morning. This such a presence of God here. Thank you, worship team and Benny and all those that have contributed with prophetic words. Really, really so blessed to be here. A time of refreshing for me also, like Benny was saying for them, but also for Nigel and me. We've been through a busy phase and just coming here and being in quiet and being in the presence of God. So beautiful. Right. So um, we've heard Nigel speak on Isaiah 54 on, um, I'm just going to take it from there, you know, that uh, yesterday on uh, enlarging the places of your tent strengthening your ten, uh, your, you know, your ten, stretching your tent curtains wide and lengthening your cords. And, um, and I think, and he said something about it not just being about a quantity, but about quality too. You know, we like to talk numbers and numbers is big. But quality is such an inside word which no one sees except God. And uh, I'm going to be touching on that today. And because that's all part of the enlargement, stretching and lengthening that happens on the inside of our lives. And um, my backdrop for this, uh, for my scripture backdrop is Ephesians 4.13, uh, verses uh, Ephesians 4.13 to 15. And, uh, <clears throat> and my topic is going on to maturity. Something that God has been doing in my life, even though I have gave my life to Jesus when I was 17, uh, I realized that there is so much to maturity. It's a never-ending process and it's very progressive and um, and so I'm going to just take it from there <clears throat> I could have I can someone read Ephesians 4 I wouldn't mind that because it's um, can just we don't have the OHP so if you read it somebody reads it and hears it would be great Ephesians 4 verse 13 to 15 right uh, so let's just bow down and just pray, Ivan, as we've read the scripture. Father, we come to you this morning and we want to thank you, Lord, that you're so highly committed to us, that you want to take us on to maturity. You don't want us to remain where we are. You keep us wanting to get progressive and get higher and know you more. And so I want to pray this morning that you will touch lives and you will show the deeper things that you want to do in each one's life as we are here together just to hear your word. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Nawaz, for that introduction. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, I could tell you things about Nawaz, but then uh, I don't want to do that now. <laughs> right. So uh, Paul is, in these scriptures, Paul is longing to see the Ephesian church go on to maturity. And I'm, I want to just say something. I might be pausing because I'm so used to a translator. And I'm suddenly realizing there's no one who's talking after me here. <laughs> I come from a bilingual church and we do Hindi and English at a Sunday service. And I'm so used to that. <laughs> Sorry. So yeah. Um, so... Yet, so Paul is wanting to take us, you know, is wanting to take the Ephesian church on to maturity. And I think that should be our desire too. You know, that we too will want to go on to maturity. We don't want to be here. We just want to go on to maturity. And I want to say that maturity does not come with age. It's not measured with age. You know, it is, uh, we grow old with age. 
but maturity comes with taking responsibility you know it comes with an attitude uh, built by experience in one's life and uh, and i think that's so important uh, that we understand that in our personal life you know there's an inward way you know that inside of us that is uh, that is happening uh, how are our actions how are our reactions when when things come our way in life you know and even in the outward are we uh, you know are we growing in serving in the kingdom of god you know because this is one of the greatest things that we have to understand in maturity is that uh, jesus came to serve he did not come to be served he came to serve if we are in the kingdom of god we are here primarily to serve uh, just like our father and uh, and i think that you know that spiritual maturity is uh, is something that is very important for the church today i that's what what's been uh, god been laying on my heart is that um, you know churches are in many way on the decline and members you know are seem very content where they are spiritually just showing up because you know i like the community i like the friends i and and of recent i was reading two weeks ago or three weeks ago you know one of these leaders um gary newoff he was talking about church shoppers and i thought oh, wow i never heard of this word before and as i read his article on church shoppers is that people who go to shop for church and uh, they shop to see whether the music is good the word is good the friends are good the place is good uh, do i get sandwiches and do i get coffee i mean this is, this was not like this is not what we grew up with you know and uh, and i think um, and i think it's uh, it shows us where we are in god how mature are we in god in you know understanding god and it's rather about you know it should be about god wanting to transform our lives inside out rather than and it's about servanthood which is like one of the biggest things but here we are what is in it for me what is in it for me you know and uh, i think this whole aspect of spiritual maturity is not about what is in it for me but what is it that i can give you know it's about being transformed from the inside like i said and uh, and transformation uh, does not happen just in a home you know with youtube on and and don't get me wrong here but there are many people who are very happy staying at home with youtube and um, transformation happens i am totally convinced after being in church for i don't know how many decades that this is the place where transformation happens on the inside you know this is the place uh, where you brush one another up where you ruffle one another's feathers where you put a comforting hand on someone where you rub one another's back and say it's going to be all okay but this is where it happens transformation happens in a family that is church it happens in your individual walk with god it happens with your families but this is one place where we come into the fullness of christ just like the word of god says until we all reach the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the son of god and become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of christ so right what is being mature in christ mature in christ comes from the greek is thelios in christ and thelios comes from the greek word which means thelos which means goal 
And so that means our goal is to be like Jesus. And, um, and how is this possible? I mean, how is this possible? Our end result is to be like him. But how is this possible? You know, I would say always, uh, there was this preacher who used to stay with us. He was a theologian and a writer. His name was Michael Eaton. And he would stay in our home very often. And uh, sometimes at lunchtime, I would, uh, you know, go and give him a sandwich and sit down and talk to him and say, Michael, can we ever become like Jesus? I find this very difficult to understand because, you know, I'm such a horrible person. We know ourselves, right? We know how horrible we are. We know our weaknesses. We know everything about us. We, I mean, many of us do. <laughs> Some of us don't. But I know I'm such a horrible person. And how could I ever become like him? How could I ever become like him? And he said this word to me, which has remained with me. He said, "There's we are getting there. Getting there. We are getting there. I'm thinking, when are we going to get there? <laughs> he says, Sister, we are getting there. Till the end of our lives, we are getting there. And there is no time span or anything of that sort. But I found that very comforting. I have to say, I've been very reassuring. So I just want to leave that with you all. No? Be reassured that you are getting there. <laughs> and so maturity, like I said, is, you know, walking the way that Jesus walked. And just simply that. And um, I want to introduce the story of maturity alongside the book of Job. The story of Job, which I think you all know. And I think stories remain with us far more than anything else. And so I'm going to just share with you, which you would all know, like I said, the story of Job. In the opening chapter of Job 1 to 3, it talks about a man who was blameless and upright, who feared God, who shunned evil. If you read a little bit more of Job, he says he was from a very large household and he was one of the greatest men of the East. And uh, he was a wealthy man. He was well known. And he had thousands of livestock, children, wives, servants. I mean, he had the works, huge property. Everything was going well with Job. And the word of God says, he also walked closely with God. Isn't that amazing? I mean, a rich man, an influential man, is written about that he walked closely with God. And, uh, and to have all this, he must have really operated from a place of a perspective of God and character from the inside rather than from the emotions of, you know, I'm a wealthy man and look what I've done. It didn't seem like that. It comes across very differently in Job's life. Because we see very early on in his life, he's struck with tragedy and everything is taken away from him. His house is burned down, all his children die, his livestock is gone away. Uh, you know, he's tested beyond measure, even physically, he's covered with sores. You know, there's calamities and hardships and every, and you know, and you see Job. Uh, I mean, when I think of the story of Job, I wonder, like, if we have to hear something like this about, God forbid it, any of our friends or any of somebody that we know, I mean, what would be our reaction? Leave alone it happening to us. I would never want that for any of us. But what would be our reaction? And we see that in verse 20 of Job, he tears his clothes, he puts on sackcloth, and he worships God. Maturity is being positive with God. It means... Were coming to him in worship. He worshipped him. 
you know, being positive in the pressures of life, when life hits us with pressures, whether it was the good things, I mean, Job had everything going for him and he still walked closely with God, but now everything is taken away and he still, all he thinks of is worshipping God. That's my first point, that he, you know, he was a person who, under pressure, remains positive. He worships. He does not pray. I want to just remember, put this verse here. He does not pray. He worships God. If you read the book of Job, what is the meaning of worship God? It means just thinking of who God is and what he has done. It's not saying, God, take this away from me and do this and do that. That is prayer. But worshiping is just focusing on God. And I think that's what we see that, you know, going on to maturity in, in, in our situation is also, you know, going on with God in the disciplining and, and uh, difficult times, you know. And we see this, what he, he does, you know. And uh, I mean, I, I could just imagine him in the opening verse of verse 20, he says, God gives and God takes away. He says that, God gives and God takes away. And, uh, and one of the things he said, I just want to say, he gives and he takes away. Sorry. Yeah, and the Lord gives and takes away. The Lord gave and he takes. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And uh, I think that is so beautiful, you know, that he's just blessing God in who he is, in this first thing that, I mean, in this difficult thing that is happening in his life. And bringing it back to our lives, how would we react? Today, there's so much happening out there in the world. I mean, so much happening, whether it's politics or whether it's, we are just the uncertainty of life sometimes in our own lives, you know. How do we, how are we reacting? Are we influenced by the spirit of God? Or are we influenced by the spirit of this world and the flesh? Are we influenced with, with fear or with faith? I mean, there was a great prophetic word when, when, uh, when, that, when that came up, you know, and Colin said, let's minister. I mean, this is part of my, part of my word. Is that how do we react what are our reactions, you know? Are we surprised? Are we hyper? Are we poised? You know, we, do we remain poised? Are we angry? Or are we, pa uh, are we patient? You know, sometimes we get so sucked into conversations that especially when it comes to politics and, and Modi, you know, there's such a hatred sometimes that, you know, what is this? I mean, I think to myself, you know, I think we've got to check ourselves here. If we want to see India change and if we want to see, you know, uh, see Modi as someone God has put there for us, then we've got to pray with love, not with hatred, not with uh, anger, not with, it's not going to be heard. Our prayers are not going to be heard like that. And, you know, we need to come to him with, uh, you know, come to God, uh, you know, with love, with a reaction of love and patience and, and all of the things that God would want us to, you know, do we react out of fear? Will our, our reactions be fear or will our reflections be that of faith. And I think that is something that uh, as we go on to maturity, we we'll need to be aware of. You know, your people talk, even in a setting like this, your people talk, don't say anything, but your people talk. <laughs> you will get fear. <laughs> you will get anger. You will sometimes get impatience and sometimes you will get silence. No one will say a thing. You know, no one will, no one will even make a comment to what is being said. And I think you've got to choose which one you want to be, okay? <laughs> but, but let us be ones that will worship Jesus like, uh, like, you know, like Job did. And focusing on our Savior. 
I mean, when you read the book of Job, you know, he says he, um, he rides on the wings of the cloud. He waves the dust on a scale. He waves the mountains on a scale. He sends the, the snow and the hail, and he sends the wind and the south wind. And I mean, it's amazing, the book. <laughs> it's amazing. You know, uh, where was he when, he when he laid the foundations of the earth? I mean, all of this is coming back to God. And we need to come back to God, you know, in our situations. We need to just think about God. When we have a something that has come to us that is not so good, we need to worship God. Even if it is for a little while, think God. Don't think, who shall I call? Where shall I run? Who shall I what? Please stop that. First, get down on your knees and say, God, I need you. Just get down and just worship him. You know, that itself will calm you. Just calm your spirit. And that maturity should push us to God. It should, you know, look out to what God is saying in the situation. What, maybe even ask the question why. And then make your phone calls. Then call up everybody. Then say what you need to say. But let us, the verse 14 says, you know, uh, continues to say, do not be tossed about like little children. Children get tossed about, you know, and, but we are not. We are maturing ones, right? We are maturing ones. <laughs> so, and, and. You know, we, we don't need to rush around and find answers with a different pastor or a different preacher. I know people, and they've told me, I go on YouTube, there's, I just can't hear him. So I go on YouTube and I just listen to so-and-so and then I get my answer. I find that very frightening and very upsetting, but, you know, I'm just hearing them out and, of course... You know, I will not talk to them immediately, but later on, because they are so distraught. But I thought to, I think to myself, go to God, go to Jesus, like, you know. And, uh, but that's what is happening in the world today. People go and it's easier to touch the finger on the mobile than to open the pages of the Bible. Or even probably go to your Bible app. I don't have a Bible app myself, but I love my book. But, um, but, but yeah. You know, people, um, they'd rather do that. They'd rather hear somebody else run helter-skelter rather than go to God. And I think that's what we need to understand. I was talking to a young girl who's, who's 26 or 27, four years. She's, we are planting a church in Calcutta. And one of our leaders is there right now for two months. And there was this, there's this girl who works amongst the poor and a particular community of people, the Muslims. And she looks after and cares for uh, Muslim children, and every month she needs one lakh twenty-five thousand to upkeep her work. She says, "You know, there's. I know what I have to do. I have to get down on my knees and praise." And suddenly the money comes in, the checks come in. One time fifty thousand will come, and she showed it to me. She said, "See, the month has not yet begun, but I have got fifty thousand. And see, now another one is going to come in twenty. She is 26 or 27 years old. And she's been doing this for four years. I thought, oh my gosh, I can learn so much from this girl. I mean, I was just listening to her so awed with her walk with God, her faith with God. And I'm thinking she knows God in some different way than I know him. You know, and of course that's fine. But you know, God calls each of us differently. But I want sometimes what someone else has. Not because I want to, I want to compete with them, but I want that 
that understanding of who God is, who God is to me, you know, and and she's saying this to me as a 21, and I've seen the, the poise and the calmness she carries herself with. You know, maturity has that. It has poise and it has, you know, a sense of calmness, aware of God, so conscious of him that God is in control. God is in control of our lives. <laughs> of recent, I was listening to a story of Deepa in this congregation. If you have never heard the story of Deepa, please hear the story of Deepa. Go and ask her her story. Amazing maturity in this lady. Amazing maturity. I was so struck by her. I, was, I had Dipshika here, but this girl's name is Dipshika, who I told you about Calcutta. But, but um, what Deepa has gone through is just amazing. And, uh, and I think that sometimes when we, you know, open our Bibles, we will find answers to our situations. And if you hear Deepa talk, or even when I heard Dipshika talk, you know, God has been good to me. God has been so good to me. It has been difficult, but God has been good. You know, and, uh, and somewhere... There is something of God in the whole matter, and that, that's what we want, you know. And I know that I have been troubled for years, you know, with my eldest son who doesn't know the Lord and uh, doesn't walk with him. And um, there was a time when he was younger, he came home smelling of beer or some kind of alcohol, and, and I got the smell of him, and I, and I just said to him, so what have you been doing? And... Uh, and he said, you know, um, I, I went out and had beers with my friends. He was in college at that time. And, uh, and I said, and he was looking slightly daisy and all. I just said, how many beers did you have? So he said, I had one. Inside in my heart, I was very happy that it was just one and he was feeling like this and he walked home. So <laughs> he couldn't take any more than one. But, it, but and then I said to him, but I told you, you know, if you want to drink, bring it home and drink here with us. You don't need to go to friends. You don't need to go out, you know. But that night, it really so disturbed me. And, um, you know, and, and I didn't know what to do. You know, I didn't know what to do. And I just knew I had to go to God. And I sat at the side of his bed when he went off to sleep. And the whole night, I just prayed for him. I just prayed and prayed. I just prayed. I said, I said to the Lord, you've got to tell me what you're doing with him. Please, you've got to tell me what his future is. Something. Give me a glimpse of something of his future. You know. And, um, and I said, in the morning, uh, you know, I'm going to open my word and you're going to speak to me. And, uh, and so I did that in the morning. I, you know, I, I'm not a dipper. I don't dip to get a word from God. I am a systematic reader. And my reading that day was from the book of Numbers. And so I began to read from the book of Numbers. Uh, and uh, and as, as I began to read, it talked about how Moses was pleading for the Israelites uh, on behalf of the Israelites to the Lord because God said he was going to destroy them in the desert not one of them was going to make it to the promised land. And he was going to raise a whole new generation. And, uh, and as I was reading this, I began to cry. And uh, at the same time, at that time, there was a friend of ours who lost their son on their silver wedding day. They had to celebrate their silver wedding. And that early morning at 3 o'clock, their son died in a motorcycle accident. This son was about a year or two bigger than my son, went to the same school. And we all had to go for the silver wedding, but we all went for the son, the funeral of the son. 
So it was a very tragic time for all of us in church, especially all of us who knew this couple and we knew them so well. It was so, so upsetting, like, you know, and this thing came to, and this was very real at that time when this happened to my son, Caleb. And, um, and I thought, Lord, are you going to destroy him? Like, you know, are you going to destroy him like the others? And, uh, and it said over there, all those uh, 20 and above. And I suddenly realized that Caleb was 20. You know, he was 20 years old. And I was so broken in my heart. And I said to the Lord, I've asked you for something and you're speaking to me. You are literally showing me something about the future, you know, and uh, even about, even he was so detailed about the age, you know, of, of Caleb's 20 years old. I mean, this is our God, you know, where we, when we can come, if we can come to him, he will speak to us with such detail. I would never get this from YouTube. You know, I would never get this from another preacher. This was a very personal thing between me and my God. And, um, and then he continues and I'm crying and I'm talking to him and I'm so distraught so distraught that I, my tears and I couldn't even see the, you know, the pages, the, the, the words on my, on my Bible. But as I'm reading it, it says, the next verse says, except Caleb. Except Caleb. I'm crying and crying again. I'm just so overwhelmed with the love of Jesus. You know, the detailed way of the way God wants to speak to us. The way he wants to reassure us, the way he wants to give us a glimpse of the future. And uh, I, I'm just so bowled over. You know, every time we read the story of Joshua and Caleb, it's Joshua and Caleb. Why did he put there except Caleb first? Caleb, the son of, uh, the son, the son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, the son of Nun. It comes second there in that particular verse in Numbers 14 verses 29 to 30. I am so, I'm still hanging on to this promise, by the way. No one can take this away from me because this is my personal, my personal promise from God. And that's what God does for us, you know. We worship him, we come to him, and we hear him. Maturity is knowing God. And hearing him speak to you in the most difficult times, in the times you don't want to hear what he's going to say to you next, he will say something to you next. But this is what God did for me. And I'm so grateful to him for that, uh, that, you know, coming to him and hearing him is one of the best things. It should draw us to God. My second point is, and I'm not going to take very long, is uh, solid food. But solid food is for the mature who by constant use have the senses exercised to discern both good and evil. And this is not just about behavior here. This is about doctrine. And today I'm just feeling that as God has been saying this to me, as I said, you know, something that this, is, this message is, I'm preaching it to myself, okay, first. And uh, it's about doctrine, you know. It's not about uh, just, like I said, behavior and ethics, but it's about doctrine. We are to test the spirits. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. I, I love what Benny shared this morning, that test his word. You know, and that's what we've got to do. We've got to discern what is good from evil. We've got to know what is right from wrong. And we'll only get that as we come to the scriptures. We are not going to get that anywhere else. We've got to study the scriptures, read the scriptures daily, you know, and we've got, uh, we've got to weigh everything that comes to us. 
I believe every preacher, every teacher, every author, every single person that you might see preaching, including me out here, we have got to see whether what the person is saying is from the scriptures. Okay. But we will never know it if we have not read the scriptures. We are called, like what, uh, this is my line too, eat the, eat the meat and spit out the bones. But you know, we've got to do that. But we'll never be able to eat the meat if we don't know what the meat is. We'll never be able to eat that meat if we don't know what true meat is. We've got to know that if we read the word. The Berians were a people of, who were fair-minded and uh, they searched the scriptures of what Paul was teaching them. I mean, Paul wrote three-fourths of the New Testament and these Berians were searching the scriptures to see whether Paul was teaching them the right thing. How much more we? Because today we have so much available on our fingertips. Job had three, three friends, uh, El, El, Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar. And they came to be with him for seven days. They didn't utter a word. They stayed with him and judges remained to comfort him in all that he was going through. But after the seven days, they had their theories as to why this was happening to him. They said, it might be your sin. <laughs> they said, you know, it might be your sin. Uh, you know, it might be wickedness. You know, he needed to repent and all other such things they told him. But you know, Job, he was at his last. He had nothing. His body was covered with sores. He didn't give in to their theories. He didn't give in to their theories. Somewhere, Job understood from the start that God's hand was upon his life. He just knew it, God's hand. God's sovereign hand was upon his life. And, and we, we should know that today. Like, you know, I think sometimes friends can be obstacles, you know. Friends can be obstacles sometimes. But they're given to us so that our faith becomes strong. <laughs> that we don't receive everything that they say. That we somehow hang on to what God is saying rather than what they are saying. They're not the gospel truth about our lives. God is, right? And we sometimes, you know, um, and we sometimes think it's better if I don't get in touch with this person only, you know. I'll just run away. I won't be this person's friend. No, no, no. Don't do that. Stand strong in what God has given you. Stand strong in what the word of God is saying to you. You know, Job was able to say, but I have understanding as well as you. In Job 1, 12, 3, he says, I have understanding as well as you. He's telling his friends that. I am not inferior to you who does not know such things as these. And then he said, um, you know, I know my Redeemer lives. Even if he slays me, I will praise him. So here was Job's reaction to his friends. I know my Redeemer lives. Even if he slays me, I will praise him. You know, and so Job didn't doubt the goodness of God, you know, upon him. His situation brought forth maturity. And that comes to my third point, which, um, which really, really struck me in, in this last year, is uh, we, we've got to bring fruit to maturity. You know, or we could not bring fruit to maturity. And uh, God spoke to me from the parable of uh, the sower from Luke 8, uh, verse 14. And uh, it says, now the ones that fell among thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with cares, riches and pleasures of life and bring no fruit to maturity. This thing really struck me last year, sometime last year. Uh, I've walked with God for 40 plus years, but I'm thinking, 
you know, am I bringing fruit to maturity? Am I aware of that? Have I become complacent? Have I become lethargic? Have I become, you know, laid back? That I know it all kind of thing, you know? And I felt like God putting a check on me, saying, Des, you've got to pull up your socks and get on with things, you know? And I just, you know, it just really, really struck me, this thing on the cares of life. And the cares, cares can be, you know, your finances, your job, your sickness, your children, your family, but there's riches and pleasures of life too that can choke us. And the seed, that now, what amazed me was that the seed that fell, and we've always heard this script, this, you know, this word so many times, but it you know, always comes alive again and again sometimes. The Lord has this knack of doing this with us. So the seed that fell on the wayside, the birds of the air got it. On the rocks, the seeds that fell on the rocks, they did not take root. But the seeds that fell on the tawny bushes, the seeds did get in and they did grow. But the worries of life choked it. So they came up, but they got choked. That's you and me. That's all, that's all of us today. We can get choked. And that's what, you know, God was trying to say to me. Be aware of that. Uh, Job did not let, you know, these cares which he was going to, you know, get him. Neither did he let the riches and the pleasures of life get him. He walked closely with God. So, and how do riches, uh, you know, how do, how do things choke us? You know, we become comfortable. We become, we think that we are all right. We're doing all right because everything's comfortable. I have everything I have. God is blessing me and that's it. But, you know, um, pride can set in in that place and our character and our attitudes that we all know we have, you know, um, doesn't take transformation, doesn't happen. Transformation is not happening because we are lethargic. We are complacent. We are comfortable. We have everything. But the word of God says in this very next, uh, the very next uh, verse of, of the sower is, the seed that fell on good soil brings forth fruit 60, 160 and 30 fold. And I felt like God saying to me that when these cares come to you, we need to put the word of God into action. We need to put the word of God, we need to apply the word of God. Will it bring forth, we need to test the word of God here, God, the, the test, uh, the word of God here. Will it bring forth fruit 160 or 30 fold? You know, when I see Caleb till today sometimes uh, not walking with God or, you know, in a, in a place of not knowing whether God is Jesus or not, I've got to remember except Caleb. I've got to put the word of God, I've got to let it bring forth fruit in my life 160 or 34, I could let it go and say, forget it, I don't think this is for me. But I could just hang on it for dear life and say, no, Lord, I want this word to produce fruit in my life. It's about my life, right? And I know that it's going to bless him eventually, but yeah, it's my life. And we see in Job's life that Job was blessed double. He hung on to God. He didn't give up. He hung on to God. He didn't give up. He was blessed double. He even had daughters in the land that were known as the fairest in the land. And, and I believe that, you know, that whichever way, whichever age we are, maturity is progressive. And we need to be alert to what, you know, God is doing on this journey of ours uh, about things that will choke us. Uh, the good news is that 
we are all maturing. We are all maturing ones. And, um, and maturing ones are ones that are signs of maturity. Maturing ones are ones that love, that forgive, that are slow to speak, slow to anger. These are the ones that, you know, these, this is all that we all practice, right? But sometimes we find it hard to practice also. <laughs> so, but this is a sign of maturity. These are signs of maturity that we can take on. I was talking, we come from a Hindi speaking, uh, we got bilingual, so Hindi speaking people there. Uh, this girl, I don't think so, she even finished school, but I was talking to her and she was just sharing with me about, uh, you know, the things in her life. And then she just shared with me about somebody a friend of hers who is very, uh, you know, moody with her, doesn't talk to her, that's angry with her and all kinds of things. And, and I said to her, so how do you handle it? So she said, you know, Des, I have learned now to accept her the way she is. This is the way she is. And I have got to pray for her. I thought, what maturity? What maturity? You don't get this in a degree. You get it with God. And I Amazing. I mean, you know, it was just so beautiful just hearing her. Sometimes being silent and, you know, not, um, not arguing our case, proving ourselves to be right and, you know, we don't need to do that. That's maturity. Jesus stood before King Herod and Pontius Pilate and he didn't utter a word to them. I mean, we could learn from the way Jesus walked, you know. I know that, like Nigel shared, we came from a, um, a culture where, where, you know, there was, it was very tough with leadership upon us, and we learned to just silently pray, and silently, I learned that, let me just say from my life, I learned that just to silently pray, and each time something happened, I said, God, you've got to speak to me. Is this right what is happening, or is this wrong? Show me from the scriptures, is this right, or this is wrong? And he would show me. I said, you know, because sometimes you think to yourself, am I going mad? I thought like that, am I going mad? I mean, and... Uh, Am I going to go into a lunatic asylum, I would tell my husband. But you know what? Coming back to God's word stabilized me. Hearing him speak to me gave me comfort, gave me courage for the future. And I think that's what God wants us to do is come back to him, worship him, praise him, come to solid food, discern what is good for and evil. I began to learn to discern at that time what was right and what was wrong. I was not going to just take everything that was coming to me as right, no. God was showing me that there was something wrong. And what did I need to do about that? I needed to pray about that. I needed to fast and pray about that. I mean, that's we need to get desperate sometimes with God, you know. So uh, I just want to say that, you know, that uh, I'm going to end this and say to you that uh, we are all maturing ones, but we need to mature more, right? <laughs> There's so much more that we need to mature. And one of them is taking on responsibilities, you know, we need to build one another selves up. Like I said, there is love, there's forgiveness, keeping no records of wrongs. But there's also this aspect of serving like Jesus did, of building one another up, encouraging one another, uh, you know. And uh, I, I want to um, say that none of this can happen if we don't remain in him. This is my, one of my favorite verses, and I know Nawaz has written a whole book on it. Uh, <laughs> uh, John 15, verse 5. I am the wine, and you are my branches. If you remain in me, and I remain in you, you will uh, or I, I abide in me, and I in him, you will bear much fruit. Because apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from him, you can do nothing. You've got to abide in him, and let him abide in you. And um, so, let us be conscious of Jesus.
as we walk in this family and outside, let's take him wherever we go. Let us smell of him. Let us be like him. I know it's difficult, but we are on this journey together. And even when we think nothing is happening, spiritual transformation is happening. It's happening inside. Okay, because somewhere we are linked with him. Um, 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, Therefore, encourage one another daily. Build one another up, just as you are doing. I want to end this time by saying, don't leave this room without encouraging and building one another up this morning. Find two people you do not know very well. Who you do not know very well, okay? <laughs> and just build them up. Just encourage them. Just tell them something that uh, God lays on your heart too. All right? And let's go on to maturity. Amen. I'll just say a little prayer before we end. Father, we want to thank you for this time. And we want to thank you, Lord, that you are taking us on to maturity as we abide in you and you in us. So Holy Spirit, keep us aware of you. Keep us conscious of you, that you are in control and the center of our lives. In Jesus' name I pray.